Becoming Christ-like right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and everything else. That's right. (laughs) Bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) We've got them all. You can find us at BeMoreChristlike.com. Everything that you want. Uh, There's a brand new uh, little tab right there that says uh, 24-7, Worship 24-7. That'll take you to things. You can also find us on your mobile apparatus by going to m.bemorechristlike.com. It has uh, all kinds of things on there. Uh, You can put in a prayer request. You can listen to the show. You can do all kinds of things. Uh, You can find us on our Facebook at Becoming Christlike. Uh, that is always a busy, busy place. Uh, Dawn takes care of that. And you can find us on Twitter, which is out of this world <laughs> crazy. It just thousands and thousands of people tweeting and twittering. And, and You can spend hours reading, too. Yes, yes, and Dawn takes care of that. That is Christlike Today. Correct. Uh, you can find it at, at Christlike Today on the Twitter so I am Derek. This is Don Jimbo's in the producer's booth. You're listening to Becoming Christ Like. It rained a ton oh, I am down here in southeastern still. Colorado. My driveway is a mucky mess. I almost got stuck in it. Christine and I were actually up last night around 11 o'clock walking oh. around making sure nothing was flooding. Because it has rained here, what, off and on for the last three, four days? Yeah. I mean... I mean, it's been cloudy. It's been cool. It hasn't been. Uh, and we were talking about this on Derek and George uh, live show, which is on Thursday mornings yesterday. It hasn't been what you would think of as the typical. No, it's uh, not spring for us. No. You know, eighty five, ninety. But that's degrees. when it's scary because this is when we get the hail and it acts like this. And um, yeah. on the farm that we take care of, which is about <laughs> only about uh, three miles from us, they actually had handfuls of hail on the ground, and right. my son-in-law was picking it up. And I'm, we're fortunate we didn't get it at our house. Yeah, it, what at Colorado Springs they had what three inches? Yes, had, had snow plows. Had the snow plows <laughs> out, didn't they? Yes, I saw a picture of that. So very strange weather down here in southeastern Colorado. Not that we are complaining at Not all for be- the rain because we need the rain. We don't really care about the hail. My alfalfa didn't need the hail. But uh, it is beginning to saturate our our the and it's lawns slow, are beautiful. So it's coming, it's soaking in because the rain is not that hard force. Right, it's slow and nice. Right, and it hasn't been. Besides last night, it's just been this slow. Last night here, uh, the at lightning least, was real nice. It it rained quite a bit. I'm looking out at the at, at the outside here, and I can't tell if it's actually raining now or not. But it's cool outside. Uh, Jimbo, what's the temperature outside uh, here in 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 La Junta? Check that for me, because boy, it has it, it. It's almost like fall. I know. I did bring a coat. Yeah, I haven't had. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, but we thank God for the for the moisture. What is it, Jimbo? Jimbo's eating cookies or something. I don't know what he's doing. I can tell that he's eating. <laughs> he didn't share any. He always that's this is a payback because we always had it. so. Okay, he's waiting on his stupid computer. Boy, they are. You know that was a fear of mine this morning. A couple a uh, couple weeks ago, another show that uh, that we have here on the road less travel. Literally speaking with Patty Sheen. Uh, what is fifty two? Oh wow! 
Wow, that 52 right. degrees. It was cool. Uh, we had trouble. Uh, our internet went down around town, and here in southeastern Colorado, um, when it gets rainy and mm-hmm. it soaks in, yeah. there's problems with the with the internet. the internet. And I thought, boy, I'm gonna wake up this morning, and we're not gonna have the internet again. But we do, we at do. least for now. Yeah. Um, a 73 where Jimbo's at. Boy, Ugh. is it balmy. A balmy 73. Can you imagine what it would be like at 73 here? We'd be muggy. Yeah. With all the rain. Oh, it'd be absolutely horrible. Yeah. So, again, you are listening to uh, Becoming Christ-like, and we have been talking about worship. Um, but before we do that, before we get into a little bit of news, a news story that uh, I want to share with you, let's go ahead and open our time up with prayer. Yes. Gracious Father, we do once again thank you for this opportunity to come and share with each other, with all who are listening. We pray that uh, your word would fill us. We pray that you would encourage us to indeed worship each and every day, not just on Sundays, but living our lives out as a worship to you. Father God, we pray for the words that you would want us to speak today and that they would fill hearts and minds so that you would be glorified. Father God, we give this time, we give this show to you. Uh, In all that we do and say, may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, Here... This is a new little thing, but I just had I have to throw it in. We, we've got a little Christian newsroom yes. action going on here. We talk about this all the time, how <laughs> people uh, make us look stupid. <laughs> I, I think, and, and my point is this, we have enough troubles with, Christianity today in the in the body of Christ amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. let alone society coming after us and saying, you know what, you are bigots, you are you are homophobes, you yeah. are you are hip, hypocrites, you are all kinds of things, and then somebody amongst our own ranks <laughs> does this. Don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, again, Patty Sheen. Uh, who does Literally Speaking with Patty Sheen on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Check it out. It's a great show right here on The Road Less Traveled, was telling me about this story. And I said, I've got I've to look it up. And I, and I did. But evidently, <laughs> evidently, <laughs> I guess, here's the title of, of the news piece. Judge tosses lawsuit by Nebraska woman suing all homosexuals on behalf of Jesus. I don't even like the title. <laughs> Jeez, how stupid. Yes, a federal judge has dismissed a Nebraska woman's lawsuit, which she filed against all gay people uh, on behalf of Jesus. A Christian Nebraska woman last week filed a lawsuit against the entire group of homosexuals in America. In her role as ambassador for the plaintiffs, namely God and his son, Jesus Christ. Sylvia Driscoll, 66, filed her seven-page handwritten lawsuit. And I I saw the lawsuit. I read it. A lot of spelling errors. Ah. Uh, Lawsuit in the United States District Court of Omaha, asking the federal court to determine, quote, is homosexuality a sin or not a sin? The lawsuit quotes Leviticus, where God tells his children, 
in chapter 18, verse 22, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Also in Romans 1 and quote-unquote Genesis spelled with a J. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It concludes with these three or these time-honored questions. Why are judges passing laws so sinners can break religious and moral laws? Two, will all the judges of this nation judge God to be a liar, spelled with an E and not an A? And for God has said that all unrighteousness is sin and that homosexuality is an abomination. Driscoll, however, will not have her day in court. Judge John Gerard, according to the Omaha World Herald, has dismissed her case without even a hearing. Quote, the United States federal courts were created to resolve actual cases and controversies arising under the Constitution and the laws of the United States. Judge Gerard wrote in his ruling, a federal court is not a forum for debate or discourse on theological matters. At least the judge is smart. I hate it when things like this happen. Well, it just makes us all look so dumb. It makes us look like the fanatics that they claim us to be. They give them the foothold. Not to mention just, I I will just say it, the stupidity of the lawsuit. Um, Just one, asking the federal government to decide what is sin and what isn't sin um is just is just unbelievable and it is just more ammunition yes <laughs> for everybody else so those people out say, there we think they're stupid yeah yeah i'm not behind this lawsuit at all and of course then the comments came after it and i've got to admit they were funny <laughs> They you didn't Clay, put them up. Clay for Aiken <laughs> was tweeting about it, and oh my gosh, it, it really was funny. But it was just, it was just unbelievable. But, but Patty Sheen had had told me about that story, and I could, I could nearly resist it. I could nearly believe it. <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> but there it was, true to life. That's what they do in Nebraska. Those are the ones you wonder what happened to him as a child. So for all the Christians there in Nebraska, I'm sorry this happened to you. <laughs> you need to get a hold of your people. Get your house in order, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm glad for the wisdom of the judge uh, who said, come on, this is, I mean, we have real things to, not not that it isn't a good discussion piece, just not in federal court. Court, not like that. Yeah, you just, uh, and, you know. If you're going to sue the homosexuals, are we going to sue everybody else who's a sinner? Why not? Why not sin ev- or just sue everybody? I'm suing the entire world on behalf of Jesus, as if Jesus needed litigation. Well, you know, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Does God really want you speaking up for His behalf? Well, and and, and in that manner, right. because we are supposed to defend what we believe and say what we believe. But in this manner, I don't know. But in one fell swoop, uh, this Sylvia Driscoll has taken her fervor for the word of God and and supplanted Jesus below the federal courts. Because evidently Jesus needed the federal courts uh, to proclaim his word. And I, I, you just hope it's some sort of a stunt. But the, the point is it doesn't matter because NBC picked it up. Of course, every, you know, 
This isn't a this isn't a page ten. The story. left side really oh, liked boy. this. This is they yeah. loved it. They loved they, it. They had heyday with it. They they did. So um just absolutely uh un unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So we have been talking and we started this last week and we don't know how long it's going to run. Um but we started talking about what worship is, or at least what what Scripture says worship is, and we began to talk about this whole idea of what is worship. And we discussed last week, uh, uh, of course, in worshiping with with our entire bodies and and making ourselves a sac- a living sacrifice. Um, and we, we we came down to this whole idea that worship is really a lifestyle, right. that it is 24-7. It is the way that we live, not just the way that we worship on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And we talked about uh, how, how that living sacrifice is dying uh, to ourselves and living uh, for Christ and, and how we worship. And um, it, it, it is so amazing to me that that word that we have, which is used so many times, which Jesus talks about so many times, which is amplified in Old Testament uh, scripture of how how they worshipped, how they sacrificed, how they dealt with this God of Abraham, who before Christ's redemption on the cross was trying to encourage the people and the people were trying to be honorable in their worship to him it amazes me how this word today has gotten so sideways mm-hmm. and we've kind of turned it into whatever we want it to be and used it as a weapon to fight each other we just we <laughs> I like that cuz I know where that leads. Yeah, we we just do. We fight each other all the time. I found an article in Charisma magazine. And it, it's a it's a great article and it's and it's uh entitled Why God Isn't Looking for Performance but for True Worship in Response to His Love. The article goes on to talk about this whole idea of God's pure love. And the performance aspect, we talked a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the performance aspect, I think if if you were to ask people, they would say, okay, that applies to Sunday. But my question is, does it really? Does it always just apply to Sunday? During the week, are we trying to put on a performance? If If we are truly trying our best to worship as a lifestyle 24-7, to give God the honor not only to to receive from God's uh, good graces but to give back to God i wonder if if the performance aspect takes over sometimes i think it does automatically cuz i think we're human yeah i i think so and in this charisma magazine uh, they had talked about mary and martha mm. And so I want to I want to spend just a little bit of time on that mm-hmm. the idea of uh, and and for people who are unfamiliar with that story obviously when Jesus came uh Mary wanted to be at the at the feet of Jesus that's where she wanted and to learning. be learning she wanted to be listening and learning feeling that love Martha freaked out she wanted the house perfect she wanted the meal to be perfect she wanted to know why people aren't why aren't we in the kitchen 
helping. Why aren't you helping? Why aren't we getting this right? Why isn't it? Uh, That's the perfectionist side coming out that everything has to be perfect. Right, right. And and in a sense, you can look at that. And, and that doesn't diminish Martha's love for Christ at that particular time, just the way that it was exhibited. Well, in, in a, another thought on that is she was doing it to honor him, mm-hmm. to make it good for him. She was very concerned that all his needs would be met and that, that she was doing it through a service of cooking and preparing for him. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and so that's very important uh, to know. And we, we always say that. Everybody has their little part that they play the body of Christ needs Marys, it mm-hmm. needs Marthas, it needs Pauls, it needs Timothys, it needs Barnabas. Right. Right. Uh, it needs all these different people who play these different roles because not everybody gets up and speaks the word. Right. And not everybody wants to work in the kitchen. <laughs> but guess what? The food needs to be made. That's right. Um, not, not everybody is comfortable at the feet of Christ. They're just they're just not in an open outward display uh, of worship. Um, but but we have to have those people in the body of Christ. So it, it, it isn't it isn't the idea of Martha's motives. It is the idea of that performance aspect of it. And we talked about this last week. And what I had asked you afterwards, after the show, was to get on the Twitter, to get on the Facebook, and to ask some people, what is it that makes worship, worship for you? Right. What what does it have to be so that you can really enter into that idea of, man, I am connecting with God today, Mm -hmm. which... I think if you ask the majority of people, they would say on a majority basis that probably doesn't happen all the time in church. And this was this was specifically for for church. Right. This was for not during the not during Tuesday afternoon, Mm -hmm. not any of those things. And what were some of the things that you got? Uh, One of them wanted um, energizing Mm. Good sermons, mm-hmm. energizing, and I I wrote back to him and I asked him if that would be classified as a Holy Spirit, kind of being right. on fire, and it was. Uh-huh. One of them was Christ. They want to see Christ in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted good music that they could relate with. Uh-huh. So and some of them were sermons. So it was, sure. but it, not anything really unusual. You know, no. I think we had more mature Christians answering. And to I that think point. I think that was my point for the question. Mm-hmm. Was that the majority of times what what the majority of Christians want are basically the same thing? Mm-hmm. I want good music. I want a good sermon. I want a good uh, you know maybe good prayer time. I want I want to feel the Holy Spirit at work. I want to see Christ in people. Feel the Christ love uh, yeah. in the body. The love, the acceptance, the uh, forgiveness. Yes. Right. And of course, one of the things that is always a danger there is is the separation of congregation as audience and those up on the dais or whatever you would call it, uh, being the performers. Right. Uh, that, and sometimes that is inevitable. You know, I I wanted to bring something up on the performances because we have a, like a young girl that performs at our 
our church. And, uh-huh. and, you know, at some point, I think the body of Christ is to encourage young people um, to get up and sing and do whatever it is to they perform. do to perform. And I think that in our minds, we have to separate out the difference of the encouraging right. love of the body of Christ. Why is she doing it? You mm-hmm. know, and there's got to be some leeway in there instead of saying she's just performing and this right. is just, and we can't clap for her because that we're. Don't get me started on that. Well, I was I, I I I specifically wanted to to sidestep that, and then you said it. I'm sorry, but that's those a, are the an types issue of things going that, on. Those are the types of things that get me in trouble, to get my blood pressure going. Oh no, Where's we my did blood? that. We don't want it to go up. That's right. I took my blood pressure before this show, and it was fine. And now look what you've done. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gone. Don't have a heart attack in here with me. <laughs> Lee, you talked about the clapping in church. Well, what do you tell me what you think? Is it Since wrong? Since you brought it up. Yeah, I knew you wanted to. You can't no, help it. I here, think there is a time and a place. Here's here's the thing. I think that, that some who believe about you know, that there should not be clapping in church believe so because of that very that idea reverence. that it is a that it is a performance. That we are now applauding that performer instead of the worship that just came from that performance. But I have another point to that, because like I asked a friend of mine, Betty, to sing a song mm-hmm. for me, and it was a song that she sung at mm-hmm. my mother's funeral. Ah. And I hadn't heard it since, and it had been like a year, and mm-hmm. I said, please sing that song for me. I sat back there and cried right. because it brought back so much emotion, Absolutely. but I love the song. But here's the thing. How do we know? What spiritual thing that invokes in mm-hmm. a person that they might need it to hear. They may clap because they loved what it said to them. And so we got to be really careful not to judge how yeah. the performance or the song That's exactly right. for God affected yeah. someone. Yeah. And, and you know, this, this article that I was talking about in Charisma Magazine was talking about the pure love. And how a lot of the times we we try and do things either through tradition or through performance to earn that love of God. That we somehow believe that that's what worship is, mm. is the earning of, of love. <clears throat> I think in my, uh, what? 20, 20 some years of 25 years of ministry, whether it be behind a pulpit, whether it be in a, in a youth group room, whether it be in homes or with individuals, I have come to soften my belief that sometimes we just have sticks up our butts. And, and, and I think society sees that. Mm-hmm. And my whole point is, if you want to clap, then by golly clap. Don't say that I have to clap. But you, if I don't want to, you clap, have the freedom to do what you feel. Don't make me clap, and don't stop me from clapping. Mm-hmm. If, if indeed that performance, if that's what you want to call it, that outward uh, display of of God's love encourages me to slap my hands together, then by golly. Let me slap my hands together. You know, sometimes I just look at it as Christian love, too, and encouragement. Exactly. And I think that when you say you cannot clap, you're saying you can't be Christ-like. You can't show the love or the reverence right. for their gifts and talents. Just think of the 
encouragement it would bring to our pastors and our pulpits today if after each sermon somebody clapped. <laughs> I never nobody thought about ever, clapping after nobody the sermon. Nobody ever claps but... after the sermon. Well, there's sometimes there's very good reasons <laughs> for that. I can think of a number of sermons that I preached that I I didn't even <laughs> like. <laughs> But you don't know who that sermon was meant for, and it probably touched. Because there you go again. You always say, "Okay, that sermon was meant for somebody else, or or whatever." All of my I sermons think, were meant for me. Exactly. But what I'm saying is, I think a, a Christian that is really looking for something, no matter what, will find something in every sermon, in every service, in every song. I think if your heart is open and your mind is open, somehow it stimulates a thought, even if yeah. it's. To, I don't want to do this. And it, and if we are and, and and I think my whole point kind of centers around this, and my perspective of what Christianity is now. Worship twenty four seven. For us to worship, whether it's worshiping God, whether it is receiving a grace uh, from God, a blessing from God. Uh, we we talk about the vertical and the horizontal all right. the time, and this is for me. It is both ways. Christianity, amongst so many other things, is about encouragement. Encouragement is what Christ did for for people. He encouraged them through word, through deed and miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he didn't he didn't perform a miracle for everyone because he knew not everyone needed that. The leper did. Uh, that sometimes it was words as go and sin mo- no more. Sometimes it was the encouragement of your sins are forgiven. forgiven. Yes. And to do anything in our worship, 24-7 as a lifestyle or in our corporate worship, that deters encouragement or or love or love and forgiveness or or does anything that squashes those that discourages encouragement i think is a big mistake well i wonder i wonder how many people walk away from a church feeling that although i will say i do believe there is a time for reverence in a church and i believe in communion and and prayer time that during prayer time nobody needs to be talking they need to be praying and listening so i mean there is a balance in there right that we must not forget but i wonder how many people walk away from church for those exact same reasons and i'm not talking about or saying that uh to to encourage encouragement means to just loosen the belt and throw everything out the window. That's no. that's not that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about discouraging people from experiencing God. God. In in how God works and talks with them. Yeah. We're going to take a break here in a few minutes when we come back I want to talk about a few things that that people had talked about that that whole idea of of kind of trying to get a to put a skeleton structure together of what it is that we believe we need to actually enter into worship. But I think it changes with age oh, and maturity. Abso- absolutely. I shouldn't say age, maturity. <laughs> yeah. And I think most of the time as more as Christians become more mature, those things loosen. I think so. You're yeah. more confident in who you yeah. are and you know what the important thing is. If you allow worship 
to enter into and to become your lifestyle. If you maintain your rigidity, then as you get older, it gets worse. I agree. <laughs> so, and I think we also start looking for the good. Yeah. We start looking, where right. is Jesus? Where is, is Jesus? Is Jesus there, you know? And on the flip side, when we stay rigid and and don't allow worship to become, we start looking for the bad. That's all we. That's all. We, that's all we look for. Uh, where do we so talk gonna, about legalistic Pharisee type stuff? Absolutely. So we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna push some buttons and and raise the heat up here a little bit on becoming <laughs> Christ like When we come back from our commercial break, you'll be listening to Uncle Gene singing uh, during our break. So we want you to enjoy that. Come on back. We're talking about worship as a lifestyle. You're listening to Becoming Christlike right here on Blog Talk Radio. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Each day I'll do a golden by helping those who are in need, my life on earth is but a stand, and so I'll do the best I can. Last evening, sun. Is sinking low A few more days And I must go To meet the deed That I have done Where there will be No setting sun While going down Life's weary road I'll try to help Some proverbs low I'll try to turn The night to day Make flowers bloom Along the way Life's evening sun is sinking low a few more days and I must go to meet the deed that I have done where there will be no setting sun to be a child of God each day, my life must shine alone. 
I'll sing his praise while the ages roll and fly to hell some troubled soul. Last evening sun is sinking low a few more days and I must go to meet the deed that I have done where there will be no setting sun where there will be Graduation day is almost here. You've worked so hard, and now it's all paying off. Everyone will be telling you how proud they are. Give them one more thing to be proud of. Celebrate graduation safe and sober. Don't let drugs and alcohol threaten what you've worked so hard to achieve. This message is brought to you by Southeast Health Group, your local resource for drug and alcohol treatment. Call 1-800-511-5446 for more information about a safe and sober graduation. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like on the Road Less Traveled, Blog Talk Radio. So you thought you had to keep this up. Welcome back to Becoming Christ-like right here on Blog Talk Radio on the Road Less Traveled. I'm Derek. This is Dawn beside me, and Jimbo's in the producer's booth doing a great job, as he always does. I haven't seen him eating any cookies lately, so I'm not sure. Next week, I want cookies. I'm not sure what's (laughs) going on over there. So we are talking about worship, Uh, worship as a lifestyle, worship as as a corporate body. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure this next segment is just going to endure. Dear us mm. to everyone. I think that people, after listening to this particular segment, will fall in love with each one of us uh, <laughs> simply because of their agreement uh, with what we believe worship to be. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but we never get hate mail, so I'm good. I never read you the hate mail. That's <laughs> From your show, not from ours. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Get right. the show straight. It all out. goes to Derek and George. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's some hate right there. <laughs> what we were talking about during the break, and uh, I, th- I think it's very safe to say that this happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. It happens in all churches at some point in time. But again, after my 25 years and my softening of uh, and my changing, uh, allowing God to really speak to me and and really taking a look at what worship is. And I, I am finding myself more and more disappointed with the body of Christ. We talked about during the break uh, this whole idea of we as churches reach out, and we all know that mainline denomination attendance and worship is just going, going down, down the toilet. Yeah, absolutely. And churches are closing. Uh, churches are getting older and older, dying out. Young people are not coming to church. They are not coming to church. And not too long ago, we read a piece uh, by an individual who was supportive of the gay and lesbian movement within the church, talking about Dear why church. people, yeah, why people don't come to church. 
I don't want to talk about that at all. What I want to talk about is some of the other reasons people don't come that, to church, and and it falls under the, this idea of worship as a lifestyle and worship as a corporate group. We are, of course, churches say to people, "Come to our friendly, loving church and worship." Yes. And and I believe that really what we are saying most of the time, not all the time, and not in all churches, some more than others, we are saying, come and worship as we tell you to. Mm-hmm. That we are limiting and we are... Um, we want to train you to be what we want worship to be. There you go. We're going to train you up in worship. Mm-hmm. And, and it's my way or the highway, by the way. And I think people are looking at it and and experiencing it and saying, there's no freedom of worship here at all. Yeah, but what I say is my heart needs this. Mm-hmm. And they have no respect for what my heart needs. Right, of, uh, of encouragement. And so, it, like I said, it happens in all churches at some point or another, and some churches recover from it, and some churches can't, and some churches are open to you know what it this is about this is about people and this is about worship and some people will say this is this is about the way that we've done things before and this is this is about order and 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 again don't get me wrong it this isn't a black and white issue it lives within the grays because obviously there must be structure there must be order there has to be balance but it can't be in place of encouragement or in place of the holy spirit of of that pure love that we're talking about um i wanted to uh talk just a little bit about uh some of these things that 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 you had gotten on your list that people oh, yeah i i pulled them off you can that, read better than i yeah. can that top one is from pat it is it it is um uh, and I believe Pat's mom, right? Yeah, Pat's mom said part of it. Mm-hmm. Talking about no distractions, everybody has the feeling the Holy Spirit is with them, not just another social outreach, which I think is, I love that one. I think my main issue with church worship is the lack of a feeling of reverence within the sanctuary. It used to be when you walked into a sanctuary, it was a place of quietness, and there was an aura of awe. I haven't felt that for a long time, except maybe at... Uh, the Catholic Church, and of course, the Catholic Church is one for for very much for reverence. And I think uh, one of the one of the points that I want to make as as people list these things is that it is very subjective with the idea of how we interpret each one of those things. When we go to church, I believe when people go to church, they are they are looking personally, individually, for certain things. Yes, I agree. And that's very tough as a church. How do you, how do you make all those happen? How do you um, make a church of reverence for one person when a church of fellowship and excitement and and for the other one. loud, you know, yeah. for the clapping. other one. clapping. Um, and so that's I, I think that's what is beginning to happen. You see churches that are becoming individualized mm-hmm. that you now see 
contemporary worship services. That yes. now we two have two or three services a day. We have to qualify them. This right. isn't just a worship service. This is contemporary. So when you walk in, you will not be scared to death when the when the drums start banging, <laughs> and and all of these things uh, go on. And so we're now qualifying, and so we are beginning to separate ourselves. My belief is, I'm not sure there's anything wrong with that. People like to worship with people of their own kind, I guess is what you would say. One of the reasons there are Presbyterians and Methodists and, Mm -hmm. and, and we, we've broken off like that. However, the idea of true worship, it it can't be uh, taken away in replace for this is what I like. So now it's, now it's setting God up to meet my needs instead of saying, God, how do I worship you? Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you get things from that. Go ahead. Well, what I wanted to say, though, is this corporate worship, the music and the stuff in the Uh church, to me is a way to experience God. The worship is what resides in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And they're just things that help us worship. The music and and that is just a help item. It is not the true worship. The true worship is what's in our heart. Right. Right. We got we. What is this? This is a, a tweet from uh, zi ninety nine one nine nine one that says, "I'd like the energy from the worship leaders, the closeness to God, music that I can connect to." I, I, when I read things like that, I, I am in total agreement of that. There is that sense of if I want to encourage people in the congregation to be energetic. About their worship. I have to be energetic about my worship. Mm -hmm. I wonder, though, and I've I've seen a number of them. Is it a performance or is it the Holy Spirit? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Or both. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. Define performance. Is, Is a performance something that I get up and I do in front of people? Then my sermons are performances. Uh, what else could they be? They're sermons. They're, I get up in front of people. But they're holy. They're divinely inspired. It, it, you would hope. Uh, so, I'm, so, not, I'm not guaranteeing that all of them are. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, is we don't always know what is behind it, what is yeah. in the other person's heart. Because how else do I get up and... And do the sermon and if I the, don't perform it. And you're making a delivery that impacts. Right. Right. And so what people do is they take the, the negative side of performance mm-hmm. and somehow intimate that because it is a performance, it's not true worship. And I don't agree with that. I don't either. Because a performance is something that you get up and you want to do. Why do you think do you think that that pastors never practice their of course I know we pastors do. who have stood in front of mirrors yeah, and absolutely. made sure the facial expresses expressed uh-huh. what they wanted yeah. it to do. When do I point my finger? When do I do yeah. this? I've stood in front of a number of empty uh, sanctuaries, uh, empty congregations where there's there's nobody there. It's, it's so. Was that godly inspired for you to do that? I mean, when you think about it, in wasn't it yeah. something in there that told you to do that that was other than you? And the funny the, thing is, the church would expect nothing less. I think uh-huh. 
than to say, of course you need to practice it. And then, and then when we hypocritically then call it a performance, and it's the same thing with worship leaders. You don't think musicians practice? Every of course Saturday. they're practicing. <laughs> they're practicing for their performance. They're uh-huh. practicing for their piece because but, they want it to be good. But does that make it somehow less worshipful? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Now I see it done in love. Absolutely. Now, if you get people up there or pastors up there or people who stand up there who are standing up there because they want to be seen, that's a different story. So it goes to the heart mm-hmm. of of the performance and to exactly. the heart of the performer. And in that, true worship can exist. It's all about that heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also depends on what you choose to focus on. Am I if if I watch somebody really great up there singing that could be a performance because there's a lot of bouncing and jumping and mm-hmm. you know hoopla. What am I going to focus on the hoopla, yeah. or how God used it to speak to me? Right. Because really, isn't it about it, not about the performance? I've seen people performance, or is it I love the way God met me in church today through that song, or I love the way God met me through church through Derek's sermon today. Mm-hmm. So it's how we look at it. And here's the. Here's here's uh, who is this right here? I think this is still Zi ninety nine says. Been thinking about your response. The leaders need to be filled, uh, and the body of Christ needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and here's what I find interesting about this. Uh, and the body of Christ is in parentheses. My point is this: next time you go, when you go to church on Sunday, this Sunday, how or when you've been to church before, how often? Upon walking in, do you think to yourself, what part do I play in this corporate worship? What is my performance piece? What is my part? I think there is a belief, because when we see a lot of these responses, it's what everybody up on the stage needs to do for me to experience worship. Mm -hmm. What is it that you need to do? To experience worship. Yes. And so in that vein, in that thought, it is almost a belief within the body of Christ now and within the congregations of our of our nation and perhaps in the world that, okay, I'm I'm going to be fed. And that is absolutely true. But the congregation plays a part. It has to because what's up on the stage is very small. When we get to the point that worship needs to be thrust upon us, worship needs to be given to us, worship needs to be presented to us, instead of worship being something that we're all involved in. That's inside of us. That's inside of us. We run off the track, we get sideways, and worship then becomes all of those nasty, icky things that we've talked about that makes it so that people don't want to come to your church. That's right. Because worship is this. Now, turn this around and ask everybody on the stage what needs to happen for it to be true worship. And guess what one of the biggest things pastors and worship leaders and prayers and lay leaders will say? An engagement by the congregation. You have to feel uh-huh. like you like they are a part of it. Right. And I can tell That's you from experiencing standing, God. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from standing in front of numerous congregations, you don't always get that. 
Mm-hmm. And so because we're not supposed to clap. <laughs> what that what happens is because of the congregation's response or lack thereof, you become there is there you become depressed. You become depressed sometimes. The blood pressure goes up. Yes. Um, there is a feeling and and an idea that oh my gosh, this is just a performance. Right. Nobody's being inspired by this. Nobody. I'm. I'm just up here talking, reading a speech. Mm-hmm. You need to feel and see that what what that God has put a reaction into those people. Right. And then, of course, we talk about carrying that out into into the world, and and worship as a lifestyle then has to be outside of the church has to be that encouragement. Absolutely. It has to be that idea well, of being fed and feeding. At the same time, it Absolutely. has to be giving and receiving. Well, that's what I always said. You know, there are days I go to church because I need the encouragement of the people who have gone through or been through things mm-hmm. I'm going through. And then there are days I go and I'm the encourager You're for the somebody encourager. else. And I think there's a fine line in that. Yeah. Um, I go to the church to be fed. I'm a broken person. I want to be fed. I want to be loved. I want to mm-hmm. help those that help me. And we have to live consistently and simultaneously in the vertical that you have talked about, that us and God, as well as the horizontal that is yes. us and everyone else. Well, when God looks down here, I don't think he sees um, an individual person as the church. I mean, he looks at the whole Absolutely. church body. And when he looks at the church body, he just doesn't see First Presbyterian Church. He sees the Methodists, the Lutheran, and everything else together. Yeah, but he sees the Presbyterians first. Oh, I'm does ju- he really? I'm, no, I'm just saying. Oh, I don't know. I haven't I checked with him on that. Well, get back to me. <laughs> I, but I will check with <laughs> I will check with him on that just to see. I'm not quite sure of the hierarchy, but I'm sure that well, I think he although looks- the way that we've been going lately, we've probably been shot down the rung, some, <laughs> the, the ladders there. Um, um, and, and so we, we've talked about this whole idea of, of worship as, as corporate worship, those things that we demand to have. Yeah, and if they are not there, then somehow the worship is less. Um, so then, briefly hit on the attitude of what it is we do when it's not what we expect. Because uh, then you, you go either back leave to James the- McDonald <laughs> and change my attitude. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important that you 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 evaluate what's really going on and look at your attitude. And if it truly doesn't meet your needs, I think mm-hmm. you have to leave. But right. if it's just something that's private and personal, that's not that big a deal that you're making one, I think you need to look at yeah. your own attitude. Well, here's my, I guess here's my bottom line, because to me, this is the reality of it. If I need someone else to do something, to say something, to behave in a certain way, so that my worship to God is fulfilled between me and God, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, does it, can it enhance it? Stimulate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Can it degrade it? Sure, it can knock it down a little bit. But to say, I need this kind of music to worship God. I can't do it without it. Something's gone haywire. Mm-hmm. I didn't used to think that. But now I do. I've softened in my old age, I guess, and, and gotten down to the basics. But you're seeing different people at different needs also. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Some are the hymns, some are the contemporary music, some are the prayers, some are the litany, some are the short sermons, some are the... No, nobody's the long sermon, but still. I don't know. I might go for the long but, sermon. But uh, some are... Uh, disgusted with their worship leaders. Some people are disgusted with their organists. Some people are disgusted with the guitar player and stop banging on the drums so hard. It, it, it's all of that. But when we get to a point that, and, and, and that's really what I think of, and I question myself all the time of, you know what, that was kind of weird in worship. I didn't really like that video, right? That, was, that video was in a weird place, kind of threw my worship mojo off. And I thought, and I think to myself, really? That's what threw your worship mojo off? Mm -hmm. Your worship mojo was so fragile that you got thrown yeah, off did. because the video played for nine minutes instead of four minutes? Yeah. That's what I think to myself. And then I, then I feel bad, and I apologize to God and say, oh, I've missed what worship is really about. Mm -hmm. And the, the problem is, is that then we didn't take these things, and these are the things we fight about. Well, not only that, but we take them home with us, and we have roast pastor and more roast worship exactly, leader, exactly. and then we teach our kids and our families and to do that same thing, and, and then nothing goes good because you've blown it all out of proportion. And that becomes our worship lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's what that is exactly what happened, and and all I can say is shame on us, all of us, all of us for doing that. We really need to to inspect our worship motives and say, why am I really here? Why am I here? And I have a part to play in this. That's what corporate means. Uh, right. You know, that idea of we, we are a, a body, mm -hmm. and we've learned that in Scripture. Some, some of the hands, some of the feet, some of the eyes, some of the ears, but we right. all have a part to play in our giftedness. How do I, I mean, in our selfishness, how do we, how do we buck that and walk in and say, walk up to the first person we see and say, you know what, I am dedicated this morning to doing whatever I can to enhance your worship experience. Mm -hmm. What can I do? What can I do for you? What can I do to help you? How can I encourage you in your worship today? That's not what we get. No. That's not what that's it not what we get. It becomes me, about. me, me again. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. we walk up to people and say, "Let me tell you how you need to behave, right? So that I can worship as I want." Mm -hmm. Shame on us! Next week we're going to finish out this worship. Okay. Um, and it's going to be a hot and heavy one. It's going to be contested. It it's not going to be uh, probably well received by the norm of the church. Um, makes me nervous. You haven't told me yet. <laughs> yes. And so uh, we're we're going to finish out talking about worship as a lifestyle. And we're going to get into uh, some of the things that are going on in society today, some of the things that are going on in, on in our churches today uh, that we need to, to take a look at and get a hold of um, before the entire body of Christ and its churches come crashing down. So we want to encourage you, if you want to find us, you can do that on Facebook. Again, becoming Christlike. You can find us on Twitter at Christlike Today, be more Christlike dot com, M as in mobile dot be more Christlike dot com. Find us all over social media, uh, and and we really want to encourage you in your worship lifestyle this coming week, and we want to encourage you to join us next Friday, eight a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. 
As we oh, thank you, Jimbo. I was just going to try and say the same thing. Oh, thank you, Jimbo. Remind you, I I told you, yeah, Mother's Day this Sunday. That's right. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mother Teresa, Mother Mary, Mother I mean all, <laughs> Mother Dixie, Mother Dixie, all of the uh, all of the mothers out there have a very very happy Mother's Day, and then join us next Friday as we continue to talk about worship. So for everybody here at Becoming Christ, like everybody here at the Road Less Traveled, we want to wish all of the mothers out there a very happy Mother's Day. For myself, for Dawn, for Jimbo in the producers booth. Uh, Thanks for listening. We want to encourage you each and every day to become more and more Christ-like. God bless. God bless. Oh